Welcome, fans, to another episode of Calling an Audible. I'm Greg Johnson, along here with Zach Greenberg, my co-host. And we talk about local, national, and regional sports news. And today we're going to start off with our Frozen Four predictions here. So, Zach, what do you think? Who's going to go all the way? Well, the Frozen Four this year has uh, UMD once again, uh, Ohio State this year, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Uh, I believe that... Uh, Michigan is looking to be one of the strongest teams, which might be surprising to some people. Um, they have Mel Pearson, who was the coach of the year, and I think he was the coach of the year for a reason. And uh, I think that uh, they're going to make the finals against Minnesota Duluth, uh, who will be making it for the second year in a row. Yep, that is definitely big news, considering the fact they lost to Denver last year 3-2, to two, so it's a little bit of a redemption path. But UMD also made the tournament by the skin of their teeth because they beat out the Gophers by one ten thousandth of a point with the RPI aspect. So the fact that they got in barely kind of gave them a reason to just be a Cinderella story for the Frozen Four. Granted, Cinderella stories are all the rage right now with basketball going on too, but I do believe UMD is going to pull out on top of Michigan as well. It's going to be a tough battle for them facing Ohio State, but... I mean, if they beat Ohio State, who's probably right now the best team in the tournament, definitely UMD beats them, and then they're going to beat Michigan like they did in 2011, which was also at St. Paul. So, again, so you think history is going to repeat itself? For sure. I mean, without a doubt. UMD's in it to win it this year. They learned a lot last year. They have a lot of returning players, so they know what to expect. They, need, they know what needs to get done. Well, I'll... Uh take another point of view on that and uh, I'm going to say that I think that Michigan as a school will make history this year and win both the Frozen Four tournament and Final Four tournament in the same year. Uh, the f Final Four you have uh, this year will be Michigan versus Loyola on one side and then Villanova and Kansas on the other side who are both one seeds, Michigan a three seed and Loyola an 11 seed which is Loyola being one of the hottest Cinderella stories in recent history. But no you matter how... You didn't forget about Florida Gulf Coast, did you? Yeah, but they only made the Sweet 16. They yeah. didn't make the Final Four. <laughs> and UMBC, you could also say, is a Cinderella just because they're the first 16 seed to ever win a tournament game. But Loyola is for sure the hottest team in recent memory to make the Final Four. But with that being said... I think Michigan is hotter than them. Uh, coming off one of the most amazing buzz beaters in history. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. Yep. Um, and then you have the impressive run they've been on with consecutive wins dating all the way back to the beginning of the Big Ten tournament. And uh, they are your hottest team in basketball right now. And I think that they will make the final the finals and they will face Villanova for the national championship. And I think Michigan will pull it out uh, by a buzzer beater once again from Jordan Poole to win the game. Really? That's what you think? Jordan Poole is going to be play hero one more time? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I have noticed in recent history, whenever Michigan does well in the Big Ten tournament and they go on runs, and when they become the hot team, they do make a huge run in the tournament granted they wouldn't be here if they Jordan Poole didn't hit that buzzer beater three earlier in the tournament but yep they're definitely one that's what he does though he hits buzzer beater that's his threes. job his 
interesting jump shot. Just he's not even a starter, and that's he pretty sure he's a walk on too. Yeah. But yeah, one of the bigger reasons why Michigan's doing so hot right now too is Moritz Wagner from Berlin, Germany. He's just he said I was reading an article earlier, and it's just he remembers when Michigan was in the final was in the final tournament with Trey Burke, Mitch um, McGarrett, I think, and then also Nick Stauskas. And, from Canada. Yep, from Canada. There's a video of Nick Stauskas, like, draining 63 straight three-pointers in his backyard during the rain. Like, it's literally raining, and this dude's just nailing three-pointer after three-pointer. It's like, there's no doubt about that man's range, but this Michigan team actually rivals the 2011, 2013, I think it's 2013 Michigan team when they went all the way back then. So he said that... I didn't really know much about Michigan basketball until I watched that game and coach John Bayline. He's like, it's interesting now looking at it, how from then he's just like, I could see myself playing in the maze and blue. And then he's just like, now I'm here with coach doing it just that. So the dude's been shooting 40, like 3% from three point. He's from three point land. He's also been grabbing rebounds. He's, been a monster in the post granted his last game against was wasn't the greatest but they play as a team as a cohesive unit they coach John Bayline also said that they are playing he's probably one of the better defensemen for the post players granted his size is a little smaller but as a unit that entire team is probably one of the better defensive teams he's had in a long time yeah I definitely agree with you on that um so do you have a prediction for what the uh, final four game will be and who will win? Michigan versus Rock Chalk, Kansas Jayhawks. But Michigan's going to pull it out. They're not going to have to go to the buzzer beater like they did earlier in this year. They're going to win by five. You think they're going to beat the number one seed yep. by five? Yep. All right, that's a bold prediction. I guess we'll see I don't if it happens. Bold. It's their hottest team in basketball. You they are the that. hottest team in basketball, but Kansas also has won several games in a row. They were a number one seed in the tournament. <laughs> Every team that's in the Final Four have won several games in a row. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, but yeah, in other news, Bob Motzko, going back with a, our sister U school down in the Twin Cities, he is a, Bob Motzko is the current head coach at St. Cloud State. He led the Huskies to the number one overall seed in the Frozen Four tournament. They got bounced right off the bat by Air Force, which was kind of sad because I feel like whenever it's state schools like Mankato State or St. Cloud State become the number one seed in the tournament, they lose right away. Because man, yeah, they were projected to win by a lot of experts and go to the Final Four. Yeah, they're frozen. Four. They had a lot of hefty expectations on them, but again, those state schools just didn't pan out. Because a couple years ago, when Mankato State was the number one seed, they lost right away too, and they were predicted to win it all. So again, it didn't happen. But Motsko did accept the Gophers job as speculated, but it's interesting because he is. I did not know this at the time until I looked into it, but he was a Gophers assistant coach from 2001 to 2005 under Don Lucia, who stepped down last Tuesday after 19 seasons leading the Gophers. And the Gophers, as I said last episode, won consecutive national titles in 2002 and 2003, but they haven't really done much since. I would say nothing since. Well, they did make the final game a few years back, but they, they lost. They didn't win, though. Yeah, they didn't win. Yeah, they've had a bunch of disappointing seasons as of late. and 
it's been what, almost 20 years for them since a national title, and that's rare for the Gophers. Yeah, who are considered probably the premium hockey brand for college athletics. Oh, they have the most titles all time. Yeah. I'm, it's no doubt that they're for sure the best hockey program in the nation based on reputation. Mm-hmm. But as of late, yeah. They just have to get back to that reputation. And many believe Motsko will bring a fresh of breath there in. So I and I'm sure I'm sure Don will still play a role. Oh yeah, he's special assistant to like the AD Mark Coyle. Yeah, so he's st- definitely still gonna have a role with the team as. I feel like advisor. he'll probably help out the recruiting yeah. and stuff like that. But, but he will be more hands off. He'll let Mosco do his will, thing. Yep, will do what he needs to do to get the program back to where it needs to be. I feel like it might take a couple of years until the ship is righted. But again, I just. It's interesting to see all these coaches going back to their alma maters or where they coached in the past. Because you see that a lot nowadays where, because Penny Hardaway just recently accepted the job at Memphis to be the college basketball head coach. So I'm not sure if this is just another, I want to go coach my alma mater as my ultimate dream kind of thing or what. I respect athletes that do that because they want to coach where they're from. And granted, Penny Hardaway is actually from the area. So he's been huge with like AAU basketball teams and all that. But I don't know. Do you think that coaches should put precedence on coaching at their alma mater where they played? Uh, it's interesting. It's not, I don't know if it should be put on like a pedestal ahead, but it definitely has a, an influence on, on your thoughts. For example, if we, if you go locally with the UMC football team, we just lost our defensive coordinator, Coach Bullerman, to Southwest Minnesota State, which was where he played football for five years. And the fact, and it's not that he didn't like it here. I've had several conversations with him. He loved it here. But at the end of the day, that's where he's from. That's where his roots are. And that being his alma mater definitely had a contributing factor to his decision. And I feel like that will be the same with a lot. That's the same with a lot of people in the way they think. Because loyalty never never truly dies unless something makes it die. <laughs> yeah. Or ESPN special, LeBron James is the decision. <laughs> uh, I think he was great for doing that, but that's another discussion. Going to more local news, uh, the UMC baseball team is coming off a tough weekend against Minot in uh, Watford City. Um, Greg, you being a member of the baseball team, uh, what do you think it's going to take for them to uh, turn things around, have a good weekend at Winona? Well, it all starts with what Coach Gust, Gust preaches as playing as a team for one goal and be consistent. And for the most part, a lot, I believe the team has bought into it. They just got to translate it from practice to the games. Because when they're down in Florida, they went on a hot streak, and they were really good playing greatest baseball, I under Coach Gust for a long time. But recently when they came back up to Minnesota and they started playing in the cold weather, maybe it's because it was colder and they weren't used to it. But again, we're from Crookston, so that shouldn't be a reason. I don't think it is. I just think it's like one of those things where us players, we get into slumps at times. Because when we were down in Concordia, our pitching was on. They they scored. They only had one good game against us, and that was the fifteen to nothing game. But all the other games were two to nothing and one to nothing. But the bats weren't there. And then recently against Minot here, the bats did come alive. It was just 
their team was also hitting, they got to our pitchers. So, again, it's got to work as a unit towards one goal, and both sides of the game have to be played at the hardest, highest level they can. Because you can't win a game on pitching alone, but you also can't win a game on hitting alone. You have to have both. I'm sure it goes for football, too. A good offense complements a great defense and vice versa. And a good special teams complements both. Absolutely. But that's just my bias showing there. <laughs> Long snapper. Then <laughs> uh, we look at the schedule for the uh, UMC softball team, and they're headed down uh, on the 30th of March to play Minnesota State, Moorhead, and Northern State down in Aberdeen at Northern State. So we'll, we'll see how they do down there as well. I think they're in for a turnaround too because they've had a rough start to the season, but I feel like they can figure things out. They got a good group of seniors with them. They just need to come together as a team and play as a team. As Again, just once you play as one unit with one goal in mind, winning, and put all, every, all the drama aside and everything that happens, because not going to lie, every team has their situations. Baseball has theirs. I'm sure football does. I'm sure every sport has something that holds them back. But I feel like if they drop it and they just play the game like they're supposed to, a lot of great things can happen. Continuing on with uh, college sports, we'll go back to the Division One level. We'll talk about the uh, one-and-done ru- rule in college basketball. The uh, current rule states that uh, any player – has to be over the age of 19 and one year out of high school before entering into the NBA draft. Um, this rule is relevant in recent news because the Big East Conference has come up with a new proposal for a two or none rule, which would involve that any uh, high school athlete that is graduating high school and wants to play college will have to commit to playing at the college for two years or not go to college at all and just go directly to the NBA draft. And my thoughts on this are, I think this would be a great rule for the NCAA because there's so many times where players just go to a college just to go to the college because they have to, and then they're not even going to class, they're not going to school because they're there for basketball, and they know they're about to go into the NBA draft and get a huge check, so why would they even need to go to college? Um, An example of this would be Marvin Bagley, who's currently on Duke. Uh, He just declared for the NBA draft after one season, and he was easily the best player in the NCAA this year. Top five. Yeah, top uh, at least top five. I would argue that he's top two, but he he would have been competitive in the NBA this year. He might not have started, but he would have been coming off the bench and getting minutes right out of high school. And another example of this would be Zion Williamson, who's already committed to play at Duke. Of course, they're all going to Duke to play one year and then just leave. Surprised it's not Kentucky. Because Coach K is famous for that. So is John Calipari out of Kentucky, but right. Well, most coaches are, except you have you have some some coaches who don't believe in that, such as uh, Villanova's coach Jay Wright, who doesn't want he he recruits his players based on the fact that they're going to be playing for him for four years, not one and leave. And Villanova is one of the most successful programs in the country. So it shows that the rule doesn't need to be this way for 
calls for universities to be successful in the NCAA and in the, in the in the Final Four and March Madness tournament. Um. So yeah, and another thing is that he believes that the two or none rule gives players the freedom of choice. So it allows players to basically assess how they think, how good that they think they are, and whether they want to go straight to the NBA and try and get in and make an entry-level contract right away or go to college for a couple years, refine their skills, and then go from there. Well, you have a point that, yeah, for some people, they don't need to go to college at all. But if you think about it, Kevin Garnett, he went straight from high school to the NBA too. But his first year with the Timberwolves, he hardly played, and he just took up a roster spot for any veteran that. But he was still getting money. Is so that's what it's about. It's all about the money. One hundred percent. It's all about the money. That's all that's on their minds. Why would it be on anybody else's mind? See, these guys aren't going to need a college degree if they're playing in the NBA for a long period of time and making hundreds of millions of dollars. So getting a plan in the NBA without a backup plan if it doesn't work out, say. For instance, Derrick Rose, with all his knee injuries he's had over the course of his career, a bright future face of the NBA, turned down to where he is now because repeated ACL, MCL injuries. Sure, his career has definitely took a downturn. Exactly. What's he going to? He's already made tens of millions of dollars. What's he going to do with that? No education. What, what does he need the education for at this point? What though? job is he going to get though? He could get a job being an NBA analyst. He could get a job as a okay. coach. He's already made all the connections in the NBA. But what if he? Maybe he probably will do that. But what if he doesn't want to? Okay, and then if they don't, what is, what is he can two, go back is, to college? Even, I guess he could go. No, he, he could go back to college. He couldn't play anymore. Right, he, could, he couldn't play, but he could just. And go so for I his guess degree. that wouldn't make sense because you have. If you're going to college for two years anyways and then go into the draft after that, you still don't have a degree after two years. So what's the point of going to college at all anyways then? I don't think there – if you have a legitimate shot at making the NBA right out of high school, there is no reason for you to go to college, in my opinion. But here's the problem I have. I respect your decision, but I'm just going to call an audible on this, okay? I just – I see so many holes with what you're getting at. Yeah, college is just – it's. It's not just about getting a higher education and being in a classroom all the time. Yeah, Ben Simmons said he went to class on syllabus day and probably the final test day. Because that dude was a legit NBA star from the beginning. Yeah, he shouldn't have gone to college. Because I'm pretty sure he played pro-am in Australia. He's be the best player in the NBA one day. Oh, for sure. He's the next, was he Magic Johnson comparison or Oscar Robertson? A lot of people compare him to LeBron James even. Oh, even LeBron James? I mean, that dude's 6'10 playing point guard. Right. So, yeah, he's going to be a superstar without a doubt. Right. But, again, yeah, college is not for everyone. It, it's not just about getting a job and getting started on a career path. A significant, significant part of the college experience is being on your own. Because a lot of these guys from high school, they live in their parents' house still, and they're still, you know, they don't have the experience of being out by yourself. So going straight out of your mother's basement to the NBA, traveling with a bunch of guys, it's that's a huge leap for most of them. I'm not saying that... Everyone has it's I'm not saying it's gonna be the same for everyone, but again, it just gives you that one extra year of experience to figure things out with your life. Cause who knows, maybe the people that do go to college for the one and done purpose will like will get there and be like, you know, college isn't all that bad and maybe an education is good for me too. Because think about it, 
college builds structure. It gives you a system to live by. A lot of the coaches, as we stated earlier, have a team-first mentality where you work together as a group, a unit. It's not about yourself. It's about a greater common good. And a lot of these guys in high school, it's a one-man show. Name a teammate of Zion Williamson that's relevant. Can't. Exactly. It's a one-man show. In the NBA, it's not always a one-man show unless you're LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. Even LeBron has help. Yeah, exactly. LeBron can't do it anymore by himself. He could when well, he's he younger. Well, he can, but he, can't, he can do anything. He's the best player in the world, but he's not. Help is definitely needed because he didn't have any help back in back when the first time he made the finals in 2007 and they got swept. Mm-hmm. But now he's made eight finals in a row. He's had help on all of those teams. Exactly. But I guess we'll see what happens with them this year. I mean, there's always the exception to the rule with LeBron James and KG and all those The thing those is, guys. you know, with the current rule, you don't even have to necessarily go to college for a year. You just have to be out of high school for a whole year before... You have to be one year removed from your high school one graduation. One year removed, day. yeah, yep. exactly. And then you see players like... Leangelo Ball, who has just declared for the draft as of yesterday, he ain't even gonna get who was drafted. playing overseas. Oh, he'll get drafted. He'll probably get drafted in the first round. No, not that dude's not even good. He's the he's criticized he's not, as being the worst ball brother. He is the worst ball <laughs> ball brother, but he was still at one point a Division One athlete. Yeah, until he got caught stealing in China. But right, which is that just derailed his career. But that's nothing. But basketball that shows related. you that he was in college. And he obviously, college didn't mature him enough because he went and stole something in China, and then he had to go overseas I think that was just basketball. an entitlement issue. I'm not going to speak out against LeVar Ball and how he chose to raise his kids, but, again, I just think that's kind of how he was raised. Well, no matter how LeVar Ball raised his kids, he's about he's about to have three sons in the NBA oh, yeah, in no the next doubt. three years and with have his mouth millions half and the millions work. of dollars with his company. So Big baller brand? True. <laughs> Biggest trash heap I've ever seen. Those shoes are terrible. No, they're not that bad. They're just overpriced, I would say. You think? A little? Uh, $500 for a pair of shoes is definitely... $1,000 for an autographed pair of shoes. Well, $999.99 to be exact. Well, his sons are good players. They're up and coming. They're not good. They got a lot to show still. They will be good one day. Maybe. Who's the youngest one, Lee? It's LaMelo. LaMelo. Once he learns to stop throwing up half-court shots whenever he feels like it. As long as again, they go in, no NBA coach is going to care. Again, that just this goes and kind of proves my point where he thinks it's a one-man show. And it's just like he thinks he can do whatever he wants. But again, it comes to the point where he needs to learn how to play with a team, and that's what college teaches you. Yeah, you'll learn in the NBA too, but they're not going to have the patience as the college guys do. So at the end of the day, college is good for you, whether it's one year or four years. I believe they should get at least one year of college. But again, yeah, some players don't need college at all, but for the general purpose of this rule, it's go to college, figure out what to do with your life, learn how to play as a team, Build a better brand because not a lot of, yeah, a lot of the prospects coming out of high school are known, but they're not as known until they get to college. Because I didn't really know who Marvin Bagley was until he went to Duke, and I'm like, oh, this dude's really good. And now a he's lot of the also, NBA prospects. He's also the most selfish player in the NCAA, but that's okay. 
That's all right. I mean, he's not learning how to play as a team, but he doesn't need to because he's that good on his own. Well, yeah, there's always going to be the one go-to option on every team, and that's him. Yeah. So, again, his teammates learn to share the ball with him. I'm not trying to backtrack on my point, but, yeah, if you have a proven scorer and a freak athlete on the court, yeah, he's going to get the ball and he's going to score. Mm-hmm. But you just build a better brand for yourself, and, yeah, one year of college is plenty. I just think it should be one year and then, you know, done. Done with it and go to the NBA and see if you pan out or not. Another way uh, to look at this is I think that I do think that the two or none rule would be better for the NCAA than the one and done rule. Um, It also gives star players, you know, gives the NCAA more money with star player exposure because they're coming back for their sophomore seasons um, and playing again and getting ratings for the NCAA in the tournament. And to to think about life after basketball – for uh, prospective NBA players. I think that if there's not a two or none rule, I think that they should they should be needing to go to college for all four years. And that may be a little stretch and something that might never happen, but players do go broke after leaving the, leaving the NBA or- Absolutely they do. They do. They don't know how to manage their money and they trust the wrong people at times. That's, that's a, that's a, it's a big problem. So a way to avoid that is making them play four years in college or- Yeah, get a degree or learn how to do everything and have a backup plan in case- And then you have something to bad. fall back on if something goes bad. I can see that point, but for- for, from a financial and personal perspective of these players, it definitely gives them uh, more of a choice on what they want to do with their lives. And um, I can understand why a lot would want to go right out of high school to the NBA and not waste a whole year. Playing going, for the NCAA and not get paid. I understand that point, too. And not getting paid, too. yeah. But the NCAA, we, that's just a whole other beast we can tackle some other time. Yeah. But... No, I understand what you're getting at, too. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe there is no perfect solution. I still think the one and done is the better choice because one year in college and then it's just like, well, don't like college, you can leave, or if you want to keep going and, you know, play for your team because that's where you chose to go to college because you're recruited there and maybe it's a pride thing, maybe it could be anything that you'd want to stay in college. So, again, yeah. There, the two or none would work too, but players should have a choice. But again, one-year college should still be a requirement. Well, that uh, will conclude the second episode of uh, Calling an Audible. This has been uh, Zach Greenberg and Greg Johnson from the UMC football and baseball teams. And uh, we wish you all a happy Wednesday. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.